in this week's episode. I don't feel male all the time. I like I can't put on a dress, makeup, and a wig, and call myself a cisgendered male because when I see myself in the mirror, I'm like, I am a female. I am 100% female right now. Now that's Maria, a crossdresser from Brooklyn, New York, talking about her gender fluidity as a crossdresser in this week's installment and first part of her curious conversations with me, Giselle Mirasol. It's another episode filled with relationship talk, cross-dressing, and topics that I'm sure the cross-yas listener will definitely want to listen to. This is episode 67 of the cross-yas podcast. So let's jump right into it, shall we? Yas! Yas, yas, yas. Yas, 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 yas. Cross-yas podcast with Giselle Mirasol. Yas! Yas! Yas, 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 yas. Yas, yas, yas. Welcome to the Cross Yas podcast, the podcast that still says yas to everything related to cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender. I'm your host, Giselle Mirasol, cross-dresser, transgender individual, and Halloween celebrant, because you know, I fucking love Halloween. If you're looking for more behind-the-scenes stuff on the podcast, check out the website www.crossyaspodcast.com, or if you want more bonus content, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash That's patreon.com backslash c-r-o-s-s-y-a-a-s and finally if you've got a story you want to share because it's cross-dressing sexuality or gender related or you just want to talk about something and you're wondering huh i wonder if i should tell my story well you know me and you know the podcast so the answer to your question is allowed freaking yes email me giselle at crossyaspodcast.com Tweet me at CrossYas on Twitter or DM me on Instagram at CrossYasPodcast. I can't wait to hear from you. Happy almost end of October, everyone. In this week's episode, I have a special chat with an awesome guest who just happens to also be Filipino, which is perfectly appropriate for this month because it being Filipino Heritage Month and LGBTQ History Month, I have her, Maria, who's also a cross-dresser. All right, all right, all right. Now, Maria reached out to me via email, I think, uh, Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com for those of you who don't remember. And she has such a wonderful story that will be featured this week and next week as my interview with her is a two-parter. Again, I'm doing things slightly different from my previous Kiryas conversations where instead of a two-week break, I'm just going to release part one and two just with this week and next week. So there's no break. And next week's episode will be on Halloween. But this episode, this is part one of my Kiryas conversations with Maria that I hope you guys find it as interesting as I did. And if you have any feedback, again, email me or tweet me at crossyas on Twitter or DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast. Without further ado, and I don't want to spoil it, but let's just get right into episode 67 of the Crossyas podcast with my Kiryas conversations with Maria. So enjoy, guys. It's Maria, right? Maria, correct. Hey, welcome to the Cross Yas Podcast. Thank you for having me. We started talking, what, last week? Uh, yeah. Well, welcome, uh, Maria. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yes, sure. I go by Maria when in femme. I'm 30 years old. Uh, I've been dressing for, well, I've been dressing since I've been a child, but seriously, since maybe 2011. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I am located in Brooklyn, New York, and as like you, I am a Filipino American, which is pretty badass because um, you're like one of the first crossdressers I've met that's purely Filipino and not <laughs> like. I mean, I guess you're half, right? Are you half? Nope, nope. Uh, both my parents are first generation immigrants. Nice. So, do you want to like uh, I don't know if introduce how you got into the crossdressing scene or how that started? Why not? Sure. Um, I guess my interest in it started when I was a child, and I had two sisters growing up. One older sister who was just around my age, and a younger sister who was a few years younger than me. My older sister and I were like two peas in a pod, and I would always want to do everything with her. Uh, One day, I remember I was in her room. Oh, well, well, I was in our room at the time, and I looked at our closet and found her Halloween costume from last year, which was a a bell dress from Beauty and the Beast, the yellow one. Cute. And yeah, exactly. I, I was just like, oh, wow, that's, oh, it's really cute. And I was like, 
I wonder how that feels. I, I was alone at the time and I decided to try it on and I fell in love from there. I didn't really get into it other than a few pieces of clothing hidden in my closet here and there for my sisters until after college, well, in college, in my senior year, where I had a gender studies course in which our professor gave us the opportunity to experience cross-dressing on Halloween, saying that clothes are gendered clothing is a societal creation, and you can wear whatever you want. And given that Halloween is the time, best time to do so, I highly encourage you boys to try and dress and you girls to try on a suit. So that kind of invigorated my interest into it. And then after I got out of college, I went out into Sears and bought my first dress. Nice. <laughs> Sears of all places, too. Oh, yeah. It's because, you know, at that time, like, no one's shopping at Sears. I don't think anyone is ever shopping at Sears. <laughs> I think you're, like, <laughs> forced there, or you happen to be at Sears. Yep. So go back to that. I think you talked about the class, right? I think you said talked about something about extra credit or something. Well, yeah, um, it was like a little bit of extra. In, like the, the, he gave us a little extra incentive by giving us credit towards our uh, upcoming tests by coming in dressed as the opposite gender. Obviously, most people just kind of put on like a skirt or a dress, but one one student went like all out. They had like makeup, thigh high boots sweater dress and everything and when when he walked in everyone was like Whoo. and what did you wear i actually i didn't have any clothes on me at the time so what i had to do was i was in this duplex with my roommates and a group of girls who we knew from one of my roommates and so i i think the week before uh, i talked to one of the girls and asked like hey can i borrow one of your dresses for this uh, gender studies course that i'm uh participating in and she's like yeah sure so she brought me up to her room pulled out some dresses on the closet and we like held them in front of me to see what would look best and we eventually settled on this like pink bluish floral skater dress cute cute <laughs> and your style has evolved since i figure right you don't just wear skater dresses or bell costumes do you <laughs> <laughs> no they definitely are my like my style still kind of fits that girly. Gosh, I don't know how to. I don't really know how to describe. Just like the, the the girly style, you know, like a lot of a lot of flared dresses. That's definitely still been my style, but it's also evolved into becoming a little bit more professional, a little bit more casual, but still, uh, I won't I won't say elegant, but yeah, more more down to earth. Like it's. In the beginning, it was all about like, you know, dresses that popped and like, you know, that were super colorful. And now, since I've been more comfortable going out and femme, I've been looking for, you know, more toned down colors. But the, the style of the dress is still pretty much like scare dresses, anything with a flared skirt, halter neck tops are one of my favorites. Yeah. So it's evolved in the sense of like when, when I first started, I just wanted to find like the, most girly outfits possible and now it's just more like well i don't want to stand out that much right right i mean well speaking about standing out um how important is passing to you then well i wouldn't say it's all that important to me because i've grown to the or grown to past that point where i really don't care what other people think of me i've really evolved in the sense that all that matters in passing is just how you hold yourself and you know, it's a lot of mannerisms too. You don't need to look 100% feminine in terms of your body shape or your facial structure or even your makeup. As long as you just kind of hold yourself in a feminine, confident manner, you, no one's going to give you any trouble. Definitely when I was first starting, I was super scared of anyone clocking me. I would stand in front of my front door, fully dressed, just kind of pacing back and forth like, okay, gonna step out now, gonna step out now, and then just eventually do it. Now, just I just straight up walk out <laughs> now i have to ask like though how did you get to that point of like full confidence like did you have instances where you were like clocked or instances where i don't know you were you had like negative experiences i wouldn't say i've had negative experiences like that i'd say i'd say a lot of the positive experiences is what brought my confidence up i remember the first one of the first times i did go out i just walked by my nearby clothing shop i think it was a marshall's to try on some dresses 
and um, shout out Marshalls. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> great, great place. Like regardless, like it, it's, right, right. it's one of my favorite places. Like I, I, I buy, I buy all my clothes there. Well, when I have the opportunity to, but there I was trying on dresses and femme. I actually, when I, when I first brought my clothes out to the, uh, to the dressing rooms, the the men's and the women's dressing rooms are right next to each other and i turned towards the men's and the attendant there who was checking my stuff stopped me and told me wrong way <laughs> so that I've been definitely there. helped I've been me there. that's happened <laughs> i've done that <laughs> so yeah that's definitely helped me um in terms of my confidence and then when i went to go check out um the cashier i complimented me on like how pretty i looked and so uh, nice. after the fact i definitely thought like oh yeah she knows that i'm a guy dressing and she just wants right, to give me right. like you know you know compliments on being brave and stepping out but at the time i was like yes i did it <laughs> <laughs> i'd say another part of what brought my confidence up was just going out more and more and being with more and more accepting people when i first found a place that was you know for crossdressers and transgender people there was a party up in Connecticut where it was a monthly themed party at a gay bar that was specifically catered towards crossdressers and transgender people who wanted a safe space and so i would go there rent out a room in a hotel nearby get dressed up and then go to the party i would meet a bunch of people and you know like we we would all just kind of experience uh, or just share our experiences with each other have fun and then, you know, go to like a little after party afterwards where we would head to one of the diners nearby. And because I was surrounded by just other people like me, I felt so much more comfortable. And I didn't really care what people thought because it's like, if you mess with one of us, you're going to mess with all of us. So that definitely helped my confidence uh, going forward. How do you even find these kinds of parties? Was it like a Google thing, a Facebook thing? Did you? It was definitely a Google thing. I remember when I first wanted to go out i found a gay bar that was doing a drag night nearby me so i went out there and you know it was pretty straightforward like good drag show and i talked to a few of the drag queens there and you know got there you know asked them like where where can i go to be more comfortable and they're like oh you know you can really just go wherever you want and i was still kind of just nervous at that time and wasn't fully prepared for that so i did more research i found a lot of places that were mentioning things like that on like Facebook, gosh, what was what, what was what was the other site that I was using at the time? I can't remember, but I remember seeing like a whole bunch of other places that were advertised. I think, yeah, I think Facebook was mostly where I would see those those events. And yeah, so when I would meet up at those events, I would see other girls, and they would tell me of even more events. And so it just kind of grew from there. Like, if you want to find those events, you really just gotta have to put yourself out there. But I would recommend that even to those who are still afraid of like, oh, well, I'm in a one horse town and there's not really any places like that. You know, just honestly, your local gay bar is probably pretty accepting because they, they, they understand the same kind of discriminations that we face as well. Yeah. There's so many like points I like touching on when people bring up like gay bars for crossdressers because like certain towns don't have gay bars, I guess. So mm -hmm. people have to go into like the city or... Yep which is like for some people, if they live in rural towns and you're a crossdresser or trans or gay or part of the LGBTQ spectrum, like you've got to drive really far, right? And so some people's only form of refuge or sanctuary is the internet, right? And they, I don't know, they can try like chat rooms or try like Facebook and they'll post stuff or whatnot, but they can't be themselves. I don't know what you, what do you say to those people, I guess? Well, to those who definitely have to drive longer, I mean, I, I would have to say, if you really want to, you're going to have to, because that party up in Connecticut, I mean, I live in Brooklyn, and getting to Connecticut from Brooklyn, well, at, least at, at the time, I was living in New Jersey, so it was probably like a four, or no, it was like a two and a half hour drive for me to get there. So if you really want to experience it, or you, know, you just want to go out, you're going to have to kind of make that commitment. I know it's scary. Like, like I said, like when I first started, like I would just sit in my car and just like twiddle my fingers. Like, okay, is there anybody around? Do I go now? Do I go now? Okay, no one's around. All right, now I can go. Yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta have that confidence. You gotta have that courage. And I, I, I completely understand that nervousness and just like 
oh boy, why, 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 why am I going to do this? What if somebody sees me? What if someone I know sees me? I mean, that's why I drove so far away is that I didn't want somebody who knows sees me. So I totally understand that. Ultimately, like I said, if you want to experience it, because it's not for everybody. Some people are very content with just staying indoors and dressing up for themselves and taking pictures for themselves or the internet. But if you really want to experience it, then you're going to put on your big girl shoes and start walking in those four inch heels. Right. And your size 15 feet for (laughs) the tall guys. But you're lucky because you told me you're like five foot two, like you're the typical Filipino who's like small. Yes. I'm I'm, I'm small. I'm a small person. I'm five, three. I weigh about 120 and I have a seven shoe size in women's. You bitch. Like, I don't know how, <laughs> how else I can be upset at you. Like, I am the heavier set Filipino. <laughs> Not super heavy set, like 200 pounder, but like, I'm up there, like 170s, 180s. I'm also five foot seven. So, like, mm. to Filipino, that's like <laughs> of a taller height, I guess. Oh, yeah. Like, everybody in my family is five, five, five or shorter. Ah, oh, you bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like my, my sister is my is the tallest of my family. What is she? Five three? She's 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 five five. <laughs> my mom is five three. My dad is five four. And I'm five three. My sister is five one. Uh so do you know that yeah, yeah we're a passing privilege, right? Of you know, the privilege to pass because you fit in, the privilege to pass because, you know, you have a perfect shoe size. <laughs> right. Um, oh, I totally understand that. Do you use that to your advantage, I guess? <laughs> As you cross-dress, like, do you even have to you be, like, your voice already sounds pretty feminine. Like, do you even have to, like, you know, do other things to pass better or no? Oh, yeah, no, because we're our own worst critics. So, like, you know, I I definitely have that advantage where I'm a little bit shorter, I'm skinnier. So I fit in most medium to small women's clothing. And so I have more of that range to, to buy. And, you know, most people, they see a, sh- a short person with long hair and a dress. They'll be like, okay, that's a girl. But like, I, I still look in the mirror and I still see my, you know, square jaw. I see my big arms because I, I rock climb too. So like my arms are pretty, pretty muscular, especially my shoulders. So I'm very conscious about that. My, my hips aren't anywhere near where, where my shoulders are. So like, I always wear hip pads and things like that. So even though I I have a lot of the advantages, I still am so, you know, cautious of my body type and how my makeup looks and making sure that even though I don't grow that thick of a beard, that my beard uh, shadow is covered. So, yeah, I I'm very self conscious about that kind of stuff still. Do you find though that you have more body image issues when you're Maria or when you're like in boy mode? I guess. Uh definitely as Maria, I have body issues because you know I'm. It's not, it's not my natural body. When I'm in boy mode, I actually kind of like the way I look. I, I, I don't really fall anywhere near towards transitioning. I, I, I see my boy self and I'm like, yeah, I look good. I, li- I like the way that my, 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 my muscles look. I especially like it when I look how, how I look in a suit because like, I have that slim cut look, pat down. But you know, when I'm Maria, I'm like, oh, I need to look more femme. You know, I need to look I need to have that more of that hourglass look. So I'm a little bit more self-conscious about that kind of stuff. So then like, I think I've talked to this with other guests as well. Like, do you struggle with, I want to look feminine, but I also want to keep my masculinity sort of thing? Oh, oh, totally. One of the biggest struggles that I had in the recent years was I was growing out my hair because I wanted to do a specific cosplay for Comic-Con. And it was just easier just to have longer hair. And I was like, okay, I'll do this. And I liked the way it looked when I was when I was Maria, but then in boy mode, I'm like, this just doesn't look good. And I would always keep it in a bun, and you know, I never let it down. And I was just like, I I didn't like the disconnect of how my hair looked in boy mode versus in girl mode. So eventually, I just settled on you know cutting it and wearing wigs because I liked that opportunity. I'm sure many are jealous of just having long hair. And me having the luxury of being able to grow it out, but to each their own. I I personally did not find it as appealing to me, you know, when I'm in boy mode. <laughs> Bitch, everything you're saying, everybody's jealous of you. You, you're five foot two <laughs> or five one. Your hair, feet are perfect. Your hair grows out. You're slim. You're one twenty. Yeah, the, very annoying. <laughs> do girls get mad at you too when they see you dressed up, or do you hang out with girls when you're dressed up as Maria? What do they? Um. Yes. When I first 
decided to out myself to my coworkers. It was during Halloween. I figured like, oh, this is the perfect time to do it. My company is nice and accepting. So I'm sure they won't mind. And it's Halloween. Like I can just pass it off as um, just like a costume. So I went as Agent Peggy Carter with her classic nice. blue suit, skirt suit, red hat. And it was, it was pretty straightforward. Like, oh, I can just pass along. Like it's clearly a, a costume just because of the contrasting colors. But it could also be pretty tame for the office um, because it, it literally was an office outfit. Um, so I remember coming into the office and, you know, I was just getting like crazy praise from a bunch of women. Like, oh, my God, your makeup is like so much better than I could ever do it. Like, you got to teach me how to do your makeup. And like, nice. oh, my God, you did your nails perfectly, too. It's like the way you're sitting is all femme, too. Like, oh, those shoes. Like, where'd you get those shoes? And so, like, I feel as long as you are open about who you are, most women are just going to just see you as another girl and want to talk girl stuff with you like the girls in my area for my co uh for for my work when they saw my makeup they're like oh you're gonna need to teach me how to do that stuff it's like well i mean my makeup is this way because like i have to use a lot of it like i i need to use a lot of it to present female you you're naturally feminine you're like you're beautiful as it is so like yeah you don't need as much and you know they would like slap me like you know, you're just complimenting me, like, show me how to do that eyeliner. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I, I think, well, first off, like, do you put a lot of makeup on? Like, what do you like? Is it take like 35 minutes or like some for the first time crossdressers five hours to put on makeup or? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I still take about an hour to fully put on everything that I want to put on. A lot of that has to do with just because I, I, I prefer like the glam look. So I like putting on everything a lot of like the first 10 minutes of it of of it is just making sure that my foundation is set perfectly making sure that my beard shadow is covered correctly so i use like a color corrector an orange color corrector to hide the uh the, the bluish hue of my beard shadow and then i put on some concealer and then cover that over with foundation then set it with powder and then i move on to my eyes and then the eyes is where i kind of spend the majority of my um my time where i work in the crease i make sure that the uh that it's blended out correctly and then there's enough uh shadow on the lid so that it pops and then um then the eyeliner needs to be just right because the way that my eyes are it's a hooded eye so i can't put too much on the lid otherwise it'll just cover up everything that's already on there so it's a very thin line and i gotta be very careful with it um so yeah i go i go pretty much all out i've done uh, I've been a little bit quicker recently where it's like 45 minutes or so for me to take it. Um, I can be really quick um, if I just want to like, you know, just be as basic as possible and uh, like try out a new outfit um, that I know I'm not taking pictures for. And just, I just want to see like, you know, how I, how I look in it. Um, and that would take me like, you know, 20, 30 minutes, but that's like not even like, that's just sloppy concealer to tie the beard and then you know once over with eyeliner and once over on lips but yeah if i'm if i'm going full out it's definitely all 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 eyes make sure that my lashes are curled brows are all set yeah i don't really do contour all that much that's my one part that i'm weak at same with my brows i'm not quite sure how to set my brows correctly but yeah it it, it takes me a while still you're not blessed with beautiful brows like myself, like Philip. Thread and no. So funny story. Um, when I was in high school, my friends and I decided to sneak into a park after dark to um, do some like s'mores and build a fire and just like pseudo camping. We found a log that we wanted to like break up for firewood, and it was way too big. But I held it up, and my friends are like, "Okay, I'll 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 try and like karate kick it so it breaks in half." Oh god! And he kicks it, and it pops right into my eye, right above like my brow bone, and I just start bleeding like crazy. Oh. Yeah. So there's like a certain section of my eyebrows that are just missing hair, and I I, I just can't get it right anymore. Well, <laughs> I I need to use like a a brow filler and everything to to get it right. So they just don't grow 
in a natural shape anymore. So you're not perfect. Got it. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Back to the, I mean, the makeup sounds amazing. Like the, but I, I like the idea where um, females think they need to put on more makeup, but you're right. Cross-dressers and men and even transgendered women or men who want to become women struggle with the, the, you know, the traditional idea that femininity is softer features, um, less of a, you know, uh, harsh jawline um slender waist like that kind of idea but when you know women think they need all these things but it's like you know i need more makeup or i need like this it's like we want that like we would die to have what you have now you know Mm -hmm. um it's i will say though that less is still more um because even though like i put a lot into hiding my beard um you don't want to overdo the foundation and the concealer. Otherwise, it'll just cake on and it will just look unnatural. Um, you can go crazy with your eyes. Like, go nuts. Like, go, go with a long wing and, you know, do a, do a bunch of shiny stuff. Like, that's fine. But, you know, be a little bit more cautious with, like, your blush, with your contouring, and, you know, just basically just your general face makeup. Well, you weren't born with natural makeup skills, right? Clearly, you weren't. Or- no, no, yeah. <laughs> I, I, my, my, my sisters did not do a lot of makeup because you know they're like we talked before, like they're naturally feminine. So like all they really use is like eyeliner and maybe lipstick, but that's about it. How uh, did you use YouTube, Reddit? Like, what was your? How did you learn how to do makeup? Definitely, YouTube was the first place that I went to where I learned a lot of my um, makeup skills. There's a lot of beauty bloggers out there, a lot now catered towards cross-dressers and trans and just anyone in the LGBTQ community. So to anyone who's scared of makeup, don't be. It's basically just like drawing on your face. And, you know, anyone can draw. And, you know, once you see how other people do it, (laughs) well, I mean, you can draw, but, you know, it may not be as good as other people. Right, right. And, you know, it's it's not about uh, comparing yourself to other people as is just like, Finding a place where you're good at. Like I mentioned, like I don't know how to contour, so I don't really do it anymore. Uh, I still put like a little bit of highlighter or blush just to like round out my face. But in terms of like getting that nice like crease contour into the hollows to get that, you know, sharp angled look, I don't know how to do that. Like it just ends up looking like I blotted some brown on my face. Well, you're Filipino, so it's pretty much all brown, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. One thing I do want to talk about is the thing I was super fascinated when you reached out to me was you actually met your current significant other online, right? I did, yes. But as Maria, I don't know if you want to talk about that, but I'm sure the Cross Yas listener would be super interested in this story. Yeah, so it was, I'm sure every crossdresser has always had the idea of like meeting a girl or a guy and then showing them your cross-dressing side and having them accept them. I kind of did it in the opposite direction. When I first started seriously cross-dressing and I finally got comfortable with my uh, appearance, I decided to go on on Tinder as Maria just to see like, oh, am I really passing? Like, do people believe I'm a girl? Yes, they do. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I would match with like a whole bunch of guys and they would say, you know, they would start reaching out to me and Honestly, like if you want to get an experience of what women have to deal with on a daily basis, make a female profile on Tinder and just my goodness, it is a completely different experience as what I had to as a guy on Tinder. It is just constant messages on and and there's barely on any conversations. They don't hold it. They just expect you to like immediately ask them out and oh man, it was it was rough that I had to like eventually delete it. But after a while, I'm like, okay, you know what? Let's try it again. But this time, let's look for uh, girls and see if I could, you know, possibly try and wrangle someone <laughs> like this. Nice. <laughs> it, it, it took a while because I wasn't really that active on it. I would just kind of, when I was bored and kind of feeling lonely, I would just pop in, swipe right a bit as Maria and see who I'd match. I'd get maybe a few matches because women are a lot more sensitive or not sensitive but um gosh aware of cautious maybe cautious well cautious yes 
they're a little, a little bit more cautious. Very so hard. like they won't, yeah. they won't really reach out. So I had to like reach out whenever I got a match. And, you know, I talked to a few girls here and there. A few of them were interested, but like nothing really kind of progressed in that because I assume they met somebody more towards their style or their preference. And that's just how online dating works. But then I matched with my current SO and we started talking and we, we definitely had a mutual attraction. And I got her number and we were discussing about meeting up to have a first date. And I immediately, well, I wouldn't say immediately, I, I drafted the text message and then stared at it for like 10 minutes before hitting send on telling her that I'm actually a crossdresser. Like I'm not, I wasn't born female. And if that's okay with her. Yeah, that was probably the scariest moment of my life because I, I bet I, I, <laughs> I was like, Oh, God, I have to tell this girl like who I am. And I was just like, I, I don't know if I'm ready for this. So I sent it and she was like, that's perfectly fine. I'm, I'm actually pansexual. So that doesn't really matter to me. And I was just like, wow, awesome. Nice. 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 Yeah. Then fast forward, we had our first date. I went in as Maria. And yeah, we've been dating ever since. That's amazing. But you, there's more to this story because you actually met her parents, right? Yeah. Well, I met her dad. So the reason I did initially reach out to her is because she had a lot of cosplay pictures in her in her profile, and you know I I cosplay too, so I want to talk to her about that and like get her like I was like okay even if I don't get a date with her I can just find another cosplayer to talk to because the cosplay community is just it's really a fantastic community if you ever get into it they are they are yeah they're very accepting like they share a lot of secrets on like how to how to get your costumes right like you know photo ops and whatnot it's it's a really nice community very inclusive towards any orientation gender presentation obviously any race or sex but yeah so i figured okay let's let's talk about that so we had plans to go to comic-con new york comic-con which was like yeah you know let's 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 do like a you know couples couples costume and whatnot cute 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 mother she mentioned that how she had been going to comic-con since it's or New York Comic Con since its inception with her dad, and that her dad was going to be there. I'm like, so I'm going to meet your dad. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, you're going to meet my dad. And at this point, this was about like, I'd say two months into dating, we had been on a good half dozen dates, and I had still yet to have a date with her in boy mode, because I was still scared that she only liked me as Maria. And so I, I was like, I can't show myself to her, her, her to her father without, you know, showing her my, 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 my full self as well, my boy self. So I had to do jump over that hurdle, which was like the opposite of what most crossdressers do when they're in a relationship. But eventually, I did meet her dad. I was dressed as Zatanna from DC Comics at the time, nice. and it did help that her dad was a very shy man. And we had dinner with him, but with a bunch of other people too. So it wasn't just like us three. And, you know, I would, I I tried to talk to him a little bit, but he was very, very soft-spoken, very shy, completely the opposite of my, my SO. She's very like social and talkative. And so like when I met her dad, I'm like, this is very surprising to see, you know, like this is, this is your dad because it's a completely different personality than yours is. Uh, I wonder where that came from. And so I, I assume it's her mother. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably her mom. <laughs> now, did her dad suspect at all that you were a man or a boy or that, or did you, because you, I think you talked about that you spoke to him in a feminine tone, that you did everything with feminine mannerisms. Is that, is that pretty accurate? Yeah. I mean, if anyone who doesn't know who Zatanna is, like, look her up and that's how I was dressed. So like... It's very rare that he actually did see me as a guy. So I spoke very, very femininely. I introduced myself to him as Maria. So like, I didn't have an inkling that he suspected I was a man. I'm sure actually that my SO did tell him eventually. But I remember when she was talking to him, when I was off onto the side, she was like, she was kind of like a a dude showing off his girlfriend to... Nice. Yeah. To his dad, like, hey, check out check out my new girlfriend. She's cute, isn't she? 
Oh, yeah. What's her cosplay? <laughs> oh, that day she was Kirishima from uh, My Hero Academia. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good. Yeah. Now, you said your girlfriend or significant other is pansexual. What do you identify as if you want to talk about that? Sure. I'm sure a lot of people don't actually know what the pansexual orientation is. So I'd be happy to educate on that topic. Mm-hmm. Pansexuals are attracted to any form of gender expression or identity. So while uh, heterosexuals are attracted to opposite sex, opposite gender presenting people, homosexuals are attracted to same sex, same, usually same gender presenting partners. And then bisexuals are attracted to both male and female, but usually only male presenting and only female presenting. Pansexuals like the entire spectrum. So they don't mind like how you present yourself in any form of gender, what sex you are. Um, They just like you for really just your personality and just your general attractiveness on their personal level. So like you could be a female presenting masculine or female presenting female or male presenting female or male presenting masculine or any anywhere in that spectrum. You could be like feminine, feminine boy, masculine girl, uh, like a tomboy, and they'll find all of that attractive if they find you attractive in their personal view. But for you personally, now, would you say you're also pansexual or do you, I mean, because, you know, gender identity is separate from sexual orientation or sexual attraction. Like, are you yourself, you know, are you heterosexual or do you identify as this or that? Or I don't know if you want to talk about that. Sure. I definitely still identify more as heterosexual, but I do have some inklings towards pansexual orientation because I am attracted to cross-dressers, feminine presenting men, but also I'm attracted to like females presenting femme and and women presenting masculine. Like my SO presents masculine a lot. Like she'll have like a like a vest with a button-down shirt. Oh, got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So she'll, she'll be wearing like that vest button down look with slacks and I'll find that extremely attractive. Now that could just be the fact that I find her attractive, but like if you've ever watched um, A Simple Favor with Blake Lively and uh, Anna Kendrick. I liked it, but it was, it was pretty bad to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I liked it too. I, I kind of enjoyed the murder mystery aspect of it. Right. Plus I just like Anna Kendrick because she's adorable. She is adorable. She's small. Hey, she's my birthday. Sorry. <laughs> Let's look at that. That's nice. No. Um, but yeah, like I really, really liked how both those characters presented in that um, in that film. Like I was super attracted to Anna Kendrick because she was like this super girly mom, like, you know, like the classic stay at home mom look with like the apron and like the flared flared dresses. Mom? Yeah, that's my shit. That's my shit. <laughs> yeah. But then like then you had Blake Lively who also had like the the power suits the jumpsuits and like like she would always be wearing like blazers and slacks and like i found that very attractive too so i definitely still lean more towards like assigned females at birth but like i see some some cross-dressers that are very attractive to me like if they're very femme presenting like uh uh what's what's their name sneaky from cloud nine um of league of legends game yes yes Mm -hmm. They are extremely attractive, you know, like uh, definitely attracted to a, a bunch of the, you know, more popular cross-dressers on, you know, online, you know, people like Yoyo Fabulosa, Finster, Amnesia Sparkles. Like, um, I think she's adorable. She's super hot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe they go by they, actually. <laughs> I, man, I, as much as I like am a proud person and like open stuff they is still the hardest thing for me to say especially after like english you know like oh i totally understand (laughs) because it's it's slightly it's slightly different than what you're expecting to use in that scenario in terms of language because we we haven't really used they as a pronoun in a grammatical sense Right. It's always been viewed as like they as in like past tense or more of like a group so right. speaking of it as um, in a singular sense, it's a little confusing. My SO actually has a, non, uh, a non-binary roommate, so I've gotten a little bit more used to it. 
Okay, that's good. Speaking of Amnesia Sparkles, you have a connection to her, right? Because I've seen your Instagram photos, by the way, very cute. <laughs> Thank you. Even done the transformation with Amnesia. I don't know if you want to go into that relationship and then the subsequent transformation you did with her and if you want to explain how that went. Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd love to talk about that. So basically, that Connecticut party that I went to, I met them there. They were presenting a mask at the time, but they were with a client that they had uh, recently transformed and they paid extra to go out with. So I, I didn't recognize them at first when they were sitting at a table outdoors, but after just kind of like slight stalking them throughout the night, I noticed them and I had to, you know, introduce myself like, hey, um, are you... Are, are, are you Anita Sparkles? And they're like, yes. Um, I'm like, I, I, I'm a huge fan of your work. You know, your blog was definitely one of the first things that got me interested and like really educated about the cross-dressing community. And we started talking a little bit more and they mentioned how they still do run that makeover service. And they were located in Williamsburg, uh, Brooklyn. So I asked like, hey, could I possibly get made over? And they're like, yeah, just fill out the form on my site. Just mention who you are because I do get a lot of them and I'll be happy to book you. And so- uh, how, how lucky and fortunate and fortuitous of you to like run into Amnesia Sparkles of all people. Sorry. <laughs> oh yes, I know. It was, it was definitely very serendipitous. I will say though that they are extremely, extremely open. And like, if you, like they answer every email They'll like if you reach out to them, they'll they'll reach back out. They aren't really doing anything right now, given the you know whole COVID COVID situation. <laughs> right, right. But you know, once things get back to normal, I'm sure they'll start back up because it is a it is a uh, important thing for them to experience because they talk about just the community in a way that nobody has really ever talked about us before. In that we are. In, in terms of the LGBTQ community, we are still like one of the most uh, like unknown entities, the least talked about. Like everyone's talked about the gay community, the lesbian community, the bi community, the, and more recently the transgender community, thanks to you know people like Laverne Cox and um, and and Caitlyn Jenner in in right. in recent years. So like they've definitely brought up more of a light to the transgender community, but. Cross-dress community still doesn't have like a voice and Amnesia Sparkles, they definitely try to give us that voice because they have met all types, creeds, married, married people, um, single people, those who are looking just to try out at once, those who have been doing it for years, like those of us who are straight, those of us who are gay, those of us who are, you know, thinking of transitioning, like we're a huge spectrum and it's, it's, it's tough getting that voice out, which is why I really want to come on to this um, podcast, because I, what I think you're doing is really, really important for our community. Yes. And shoot, I'm so glad you reached out. Because I was like, oh, first off, you're Filipino. And I was like, wait, there's non-gay Filipinos that want to cross us? First off, because you know the whole thing. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, <laughs> and you're right, the voice thing, like, and where do where do we stand? Where do cross-dressers fit in this LGBTQ spectrum? Like, I don't know, like, I've never known. And especially growing up, I think we're almost, you know, you're in the 30s, I turned 32 in like, a week. And there was always the idea that cross-dressers are transvestites, because I remember doing a whole study in it in college and trying to figure out, huh, where do I belong? And, you know, because there's that idea that transvestites are only in, in it for the sexual, you know, like, um, the sexual kink part of it. And then the DSMV, right? <laughs> if you look up sexual transvestitism, it's like a psychological disorder. So I'm like, huh, am I crazy? <laughs> right? Like, where do we fit in? And so uh, you're right. I'm so glad to do this podcast. I'm so glad you reached out because I think the best way to understand what we are and what we're about is just learning from other people and their experiences and kind of like sharing, you know, and understanding like, huh, we all have these things in common and we don't like, well, I'll go into that but later, but like we, we all have these things in common but like, where do where like we always want to fit in somewhere? We don't know where we fit. You know. Sorry. Continue. Continue. Right. No. No. Like, I, I totally agree. Like, that's something that we don't really have a voice in. Like, we don't. We're not 
like anytime we talk about where we fit in the LGBTQ community, like are we under the trans umbrella? It's like, well, what does that mean? Like we don't all want to be like the opposite sex. Like sometimes we just right. like enjoying different clothings and like feeling pretty or like feeling masked for those, you know, female crossdressers. And and then it's like, well, do we even identify like under the LGBT community? Like are like do we do we even like belong there? And it's like, well, yes, because you don't really have a cis man like wanting to put on a dress. You don't really have a cis female really wanting to, you know, do drag king stuff. And, you know, some will argue with like, well, yeah, like I'm a cis man and I like wearing a dress. It's like but that 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 in itself is something that needs to be talked about, you know, like classified or something. So we can put that in somewhere. So then if people agree with you, well then you can kind of go that way. But I don't know. Right. Exactly. Like, cause like I personally identify as gender fluid, which is, you know, the, the, the fact that I sometimes feel female and sometimes I feel male and I just kind of flip flop between the two. Um, but there are definitely people who identify as cis and still cross-dress. So it's like, you know, I'm not invalidating them. We need, we need to identify the cross-dresser community. Like, where do we belong? But isn't, isn't, in essence, or by definition, every crossdresser is gender fluid, right? No? In, in a sense, I would agree with that. But that's just my personal opinion. I would say that, yes, every, every crossdresser would identify as some form of gender fluid or, you know, gender queer. Because, like, while you would get, like, a, you know, typical straight man wanting to try it out for, like, laughs and giggles, like, if you want to do it a second time, then there's something a little bit more to it. Right, right. Of course, of course. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember seeing a video because, you know, we all look for YouTube videos of, of that and try to like, mm -hmm. see who, who, who we are and like try and find relations. And there was this one YouTube video of like a, a YouTube personality trying a dressing service and seeing like, oh, you know, like, let me try it out. I've seen videos, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> we all, we all, we all look for them. Mm -hmm. And so like, they they were you know they tried out a dressing service and like they they talked about their experience and at the end of it they're like yeah no it just wasn't it it was like it was interesting to see me as a different person but i just did not really enjoy it like it was weird i don't know if i do it again because it's like i didn't feel comfortable and that's it like how like that's how i view like a cis person would react to cross dressing like they just wouldn't feel right about it right it wouldn't really click with them and the core definition of cisgendered is that you identify as the body that you're born with. And, you know, while I still do feel that I am comfortable with my male self, I can't really call myself cisgendered because I don't feel male all the time. I, like, I can't put on a dress, makeup, and a wig and call myself a cisgendered male because when I see myself in the mirror, I'm like, I am a female. I am 100% female right now. And again, other people will disagree with that. But again, this is just my opinion. And this is just something that we need to talk about, like something that we need to just come together as a community and really understand and get not necessarily a label, but just like just an understanding of where we fit and where we belong and just not to ostracize ourselves any further. Well, and the other, the other issue with ostracizing ourselves or putting ourselves without a label is we get grouped into other groups that you're like, well, wait, no, no, I'm not that, you know, and you have to, you have to like explain yourself to people and people, most crossdressers or transgender people like hate that or especially crossdressers, right? Like, you're like, oh, you know, especially if you go to your parents, right? Which we'll talk about your family coming out to your family <laughs> in a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you go out to like an older Filipino or an older um, family member or older person who isn't familiar with the terms or isn't willing to learn about the terms and you tell them, hey, mom or hey so-and-so i like to dress up like the like the other gender or i like to dress up as a female they'll say immediately like typical like clockwork they'll say oh are you gay or oh you want to be a woman and you're like well kind of but no i'm not right so then right we have this like right this disconnect of i don't want that but there are elements of it that i do want but you know because people like to group you into certain things without even understanding you is what the world is now today is you're grouped in a certain group and then that's left it as is right mm -hmm. so like that yeah mm -hmm. 
that's the issue that really comes from the core of who we are. By by definition, we are a gray spectrum. We are somebody. We are we are people that live in the middle of, you know, the blue and the pink, and so people don't like that. They really want to see a black. They really want to see the world in black and white. They want to see labels. They want to be able to understand things. And so when you explain something as like, no, I'm just like in this little void area that flip flops in between. They don't like that understanding because it's like. But that's not an answer. That's just kind of like you're not defining yourself. It's like, well, I don't really have a definition right now. Like I just kind of am, and people are uncomfortable with that. Like you said, when parents first found my stash of clothing, they asked me, like, "Are you gay?" And I'm like, "No. This is just like basically <laughs>、right. cosplay. Like this is just dressing up in costume and all that stuff." And they understood that, like, because they know I cosplay.、So、when I told them, like, "Oh, it's like cosplay. Like you know, I like to cosplay as a girl sometimes." Okay, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So you do this for like you dress up like a girl comic book character, and like I'm like, yeah, that's pretty much it.、And、like, okay, I understand that. And so it's really confusing to a lot of people who don't like the idea of like that's why non-binary is such a such a mindfuck for a lot of people. The idea of not identifying in a binary spectrum is confusing,、mm-hmm. and they don't like that. And that's the end of part one. I hope you guys found some valuable information in that. Stay tuned for next week when I will release part two of my Kiryas conversations with Maria. Instead of waiting two weeks, you guys will get it next week. Thanks, guys. And finally, the miscellany. Yes. And that's it for this installment of part one of my Kiryas conversations with Maria. Where you heard her talk about Halloween, her gender fluidity, and other awesome stories like meeting Amnesia Sparkles, and even meeting her SO and Fem, and even her dad. That's all I gotta say about this episode. I'll have another episode up this Wednesday. And for other miscellaneous stuff, we still have a question of the month. Which remember, guys, what is your style? Are you punk rocker? Are you chic? Are you nerdy chic? Do you like wearing goth? Do you like wearing? Preppy clothes? Do you like wearing jerseys? Do you like being an ABG? Do you like wearing dresses? Do you like wearing short mini dresses? Are you like me and you like being a slut by wearing short mini dresses? Not saying they're all sluts, but do you just like being sexy? Do you like being more covered up? You know, all those other things you guys have. I'm sure your style is unique. Tell me about it. I would love to share it on the podcast. You can give me your answers via email, Giselle at crossyaspodcast.com. You can also tweet me at crossyas. Or you can DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast on Instagram, so I can answer with your answer and read it out loud on the podcast in a future episode. And also check out the Patreon for bonus episodes this month and bonus extras, like hearing my fiance Kirsten sing. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, guys. Stay safe, wear a mask, wash your hands, people, and get a flu shot while you're at it. And that's all. Love you guys so much. You know I love you guys so much, and I love releasing episodes for you guys to listen to. And I wouldn't be here without your support. So thanks again, guys. And that's it. And as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. Again, guys, I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything. I'm just here to share my story. Have others come on the podcast to share their story. To help you learn about the world of cross-dressing, sexuality, and gender a bit more.